Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Well, I grew up a preacher's kid. How many other preacher's kids are in the house? All right, bless you, I see those hands. You know, there are two real great advantages to being a preacher's kid. You don't have to ever figure out where you're going to church. (laughs) And you don't ever have to figure out when you're going to church. Because it's all the time. I did miss my very first church service, though. I was born on a Wednesday night. And Mom and I missed the Wednesday night service. But I don't think Dad did. So he was dedicated. Um, So as I said, uh, I've had that upbringing, and I'm very thankful for it. I grew up in an evangelical denominational church and grew up memorizing scriptures, real emphasis on the Word of God. But there were some things I didn't pick up until later on, and some of those things that I want to talk about tonight. So my title tonight is a little bit weird. All right, it's very weird. It's how to keep your sanity in a world gone mad. I mean, doesn't it seem like the world has gone crazy? I mean, I'm 56, and what I've seen in my lifetime, it's just, it's just wild. And lately, it seems like it's accelerating. It's just getting crazier and crazier. But we're Christians, right? So we know the right answers. We're too blessed to be stressed. Right? We've, we've read the end of the book. We win. So we're good right? Well, it's not just the world that's up at night, that's worried, that's stressed out. Christians can need help too. And tonight I want to talk about some practical steps and some supernatural tools that God's put in our hands to not just keep our sanity, but to overcome, have victory. So before I get started, we can't really go anywhere with these steps, with these tools, if we don't know him. If we're not a believer, if we haven't made Jesus Lord because there's no connection there and my goodness what an what a scary time to be alive if you don't know God on the other side this is the most exciting time to be alive if you do know God so we have a lot to be excited about and not just being saved but we need to be 
100% sold out to him. If we're trying to straddle the fence, we're cutting ourselves off from some of these tools that we can use and some of this connection that we would have with God. The other thing I want to say before I get started is we have to lay the foundation. We've been talking a lot about the Word of God, the Word being our foundation. Yeah, the Word is our anchor. And how strong do you want your anchor to be? Do you want to drift a little bit? Or you want to be strong in faith? So laying that foundation, as has been emphasized here lately, is so, so important. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, if you're like me, and you've been in this church in the last couple of months, when you hear that verse, what do you picture? Well, Brandon came up, <clears throat> showed us graphically what that, that means, how we have the gate of the word that we go through, then hearing, and then leads to faith. So we're not to short-circuit the process. We need to start with the word. The other thing is, do you want to know Jesus better? And I think we would all say yes. Jesus is the word. Not just the red words. <laughs> the whole thing. So, do we want to know him better and be like him? Let's get in the Word. <clears throat> All right, four practical steps to get started. Number one, know your enemy. Let's look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. I think we're pretty familiar with this, <clears throat> where it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So if you would, raise your right hand. All right, now take your left hand and grab your right arm. Okay, did you feel anything? All right, you are not the enemy. Okay. Your neighbor is not the enemy. People on Facebook are not the enemy. <laughs> Co-workers, rumor has it even most politicians are flesh and blood. You just have to figure out which or not. And speaking of politicians, because that's a plays a big part of the world in which you live. 1 Timothy 2, 1-2, pray for those in authority over us so we can live a quiet and peaceable life. So that's number one. Know your enemy. Number two, we need to watch 
what we say. Let's look at Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. It's pretty clear cut right there. So let's use our mouths to bless others and don't curse them. And don't curse yourself. Remember, you're not the enemy. Oh, I'm my own worst enemy. No, you're not. You're not your enemy. Bless and, and don't curse. So we need to watch what we say. In Mark 7, the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they were always trying to trap him, always trying to gotcha, you know? And they thought they had him because his disciples didn't follow the ritual hand-washing before they ate. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> and so Jesus says in Mark 7, 15, it is not what goes into your body that defiles you. Now that's a good verse if you're in the drive-through at McDonald's or you want that extra ice cream that's probably taking it out of context. So, uh, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Luke 6, 45 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to watch what we say. James 3, 2 says, For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So what are you hearing yourself saying? What are other people hearing you say? What is the devil hearing you say? It makes a difference. We don't want to put words into the, the devil's hands to use against us. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So know your enemy, watch what you say, and watch what you hear or see or read. I didn't pick out a verse for this one, but... I think it's just very practical that, you know, we may need to limit our exposure, maybe on social media sometimes, even to the news. I mean, I remember when the news was like the evening news, you know, now it's 24-7. Well, it doesn't have to be 24-7 for you. You can set that control. And you know, when everything is quiet, what voice are you going to be listening to? Faith comes by hearing. I also think fear could come by hearing. Depends on what you're listening to. So number one, know your enemy. Number two, watch what you say. Number three, watch what you hear. Number four, watch what you think. The battles in the mind. Colossians 3.2 says, think about the things of heaven, 
not the things of earth. Let's look at Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So I find that sometimes I will pray over my mind. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I will think things that are true, pure, praiseworthy, lovely, of good report, virtuous. Pray over your mind. Watch what you think. As a little preacher's kid boy, at night, the prayer that I would pray before I went to sleep was Psalm 19, 14. And I will read it in the King James, because back then I think that's all they had was King James when I was little. <laughs> Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Kind of sums it up right there, right? So again, the four practical steps. Know your enemy. Watch what you say. Watch what you hear. Watch what you think. All right, let's talk about some supernatural tools that God has put in our hands for overcoming, having victory. The first one, we've already done it tonight. Worship and praise. It brings us into God's presence. And it's wonderful when we do it here. You don't have to only do it here. It's a secret. You can do it at home. <laughs> Maybe softly if you don't sing really well and your family's nearby, but you can do it at home. Just make a joyful noise, right? And what happens when we worship? God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22.3 says, You are holy, enthroned. King James says, inhabitist. Enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you know, when we get into his presence, anything's possible. Everything's possible. It's all available to us. Let's look at Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Praise, worship getting us into his presence. He inhabits the praises of his people. Then when we're in his presence, second supernatural tool, we have supernatural protection and strength. Let's look at Psalm 31, verse 20. 
says you hide them in the shelter the new king james says secret place of your presence safe from those who conspire against them you shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues let's look at psalm 37 7. this is a great one for for today be still in the presence of the lord and wait patiently for him to act don't worry about evil people who who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes and in psalm 23 verses 4 and 5 we're all familiar with psalm 23 yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil why because we're in his presence <laughs> for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me right in the presence of my enemies god's presence overcomes fear and makes provision for us even right there in the presence of our enemies and there's psalm 91 i won't spend too long on it pastor alex shared on psalm 91 about a month ago and if you haven't heard the message you can I encourage you to watch that on, on YouTube but I'd like to uh, refer to one thing he talked about you know talks in Psalm 91 about being in the shadow of the Almighty and he was saying you can't be in the shadow unless you're close I mean it just makes sense so Psalm 91 is is something that we can declare we can personalize it you know I dwell in the secret place of the Most High I will abide in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge my fortress my God in him I will trust surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence he shall cover me with his feathers and I'll go ahead and jump on down uh, a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand so being in the secret place doesn't necessarily mean I'm off in some room and I'm separate from everything we're carrying his presence if a thousand are falling at your side and a ten thousand at your right hand that means you're on the front lines that means you're out where things are happening and people are falling but you know it's not going to come near you because you're in his presence you're in his secret place Psalm 1611 says in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures for every more evermore do you need strength well the joy of the Lord is our strength in Nehemiah and in children's church last Sunday we studied about Nehemiah building the wall so Nehemiah rebuilt the wall the captives come back and the walls rebuilt and they're gathered together and Ezra the priest is reading the law and the people are weeping and Nehemiah says don't weep this day is holy go and celebrate 
with rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we enter in through praise and worship. We enjoy, we have access to supernatural protection, strength. The third tool I'm going to talk about, and these are not everything, is just ones that God highlighted to me. Supernatural languages. Praying in the Spirit. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Other versions call it new languages. And Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now I know there's, you know, different forms of tongues and giving a message and interpretation and so on. I'm specifically talking about a prayer language. When we pray in the Spirit, think about it. We're praying perfect prayers with perfect faith because we're not getting in the way. <laughs> we're praying mysteries to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Also, we're building ourselves up when we're praying in the Spirit. Does anybody else need to be built up? I... 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. In the New Living Translation, it says, is strengthened personally. And I think we're all familiar with 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. There's a big one, huh? How can you do that without praying in the Spirit? I don't know about you, but I run out of words. Especially being a guy, because men don't have as many words, right? So... Switch right over to tongues there, and that's a blessing. <laughs> so Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. I don't think he was just boasting to be boasting. This is important to Paul. I mean, here's a guy who was, you know, such a great speaker, wrote a big part of the New Testament, but felt like it was important to pray in tongues. That's one of those things that for me, I didn't pick up in my earlier years. Um, I was finishing up college at a, a great evangelical Christian college. And you know, when you're finishing college, you have two choices. You can go on to more school or you can get a job. So, I figured I'd go on to more school, because otherwise I'd have to get a job. And I found this program I wanted to go into, and it was just perfect. The only problem was, it was at this place called CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, and they did, they, like, weird stuff, you know? It's like, so in preparation for going, I watched a little bit of the 700 Club, and they're like, you know, sitting there on the set, Pat Robertson or whatever, and 
You know, I see a lady in a yellow Volkswagen and she's being healed. I'm like, what in the world? So I went there in spite of the fact that they were into that stuff. And thank God I did. Because it's really become a great tool in my arsenal. So I encourage you, pray in tongues. It's another way to stay in his presence in constant communication. Does that clock move faster than a normal one? It does, yeah. I, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> Number four. I could just skip right over because we've already sung about it and Joe read my verse. Anyway, the name of Jesus. Okay. Sung all about it tonight. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. And I'm going to go ahead and read this again really quick. Uh, Philippians 2, 9-11. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. Cancer, poverty, any kind of sickness, disease, discouragement, mental illness, it all has to bow to the name of Jesus. Number five, the supernatural tool of the blood of Jesus. You think back to the first Passover when the Israelites were instructed to kill the lamb and apply the blood to the doorpost. And they were supernaturally protected when the death angel came over. And that was just a foreshadow of the blood of the Passover lamb. Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Revelation 12, 11. Let's look at that together. And they overcame him, who? The enemy, the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So how can we apply the blood today? We can apply it verbally. I plead the blood of Jesus over whatever it is. Number six is speaking God's truth over your life and others. Confess his word. We've had a, a recent guest on uh, the TV program where I work. It's Supernatural. Her name is Clarice Fluitt. And she says the kingdom of God must be voice activated. You know, something supernatural that's taking place as we're speaking God's word, God's truth in faith over every life situation. It's activating God's will in our lives. Let's look at 1 John 4, 4. This is just one example of verses you can speak over your life and personalize them. You know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Philippians 4.13 is already personalized for us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Speak it out. 
speak it out of your life. Deuteronomy 28.13 says, And the Lord will make you, well, you can personalize it, God, you have made me the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. In 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 40.31, and this is a familiar one to us too. You know, I wait on the Lord and I shall renew my strength. I shall mount up with wings like eagles. I shall run and not be weary. I shall walk and not faint. In Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Always be full of the, Lord, of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So I am always full of the joy of the Lord. I rejoice in him. And the seventh and final one I wanted to mention is fellowship. Fellowship with other believers like we're doing tonight. Not being a lone ranger. Let's look at Hebrews 10. 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more important it's going to be for us to be getting together, speaking God's truth over each other, prophesying over each other, encouraging each other. And that's also another way to be in God's presence. Remember, he says in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So there's not just a simple formula. It's not the four steps and the seven tools that I've just mentioned. But it's what God highlights to you. I would say don't look for a formula. I would even say don't look to even be balanced. God might be saying to you, it's time to pray in tongues. But on your list, you know, it says it's, you know, number two. I need to be, you know, worshiping, whatever. The important thing is being in his presence, listening to his voice, doing what he says to do when he says to do it. And it might be soaking in his presence, listening to him. So I've got three, three and a half minutes left, um, which is great. 
if you wouldn't mind, stand up with me. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Before I do that, let me just quickly recap the four steps. Knowing our enemy, watching what we say, what we hear, what we think, and the supernatural tools available to us of worship and praise to get into his presence. In his presence, we have supernatural protection and joy. That's our strength. We have supernatural languages, the ability to pray in the spirit, praying perfect prayers with perfect faith. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, speaking God's word, his truth over our lives in faith, activating his will, and finally fellowshipping with other believers. So if you would say this after me, Father God, I will enter your presence with worship and praise and abide in your secret place. I will speak your truth over my life and my fellow believers. I will spend time in your word and in listening to your still small voice. I will think on things that are true, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous and praiseworthy. Be my peace, my refuge, and my fortress, and use me to bring heaven to earth. In the all-powerful name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.